Welcome to Long Story Short Podcast, where we reveal short stories of an active, living God who shows up in everyday life. You paid the price for all the world and me. You paid the price for all the world to see. And for those who choose you now, Shalom. I would never trust no human being. After the things I've been through, I, I hated human beings. I had no hope in human beings at all. I saw too much phoniness, too much hypocrisy. I saw religion, my own Native American culture. I saw it all. I was so done with humans. Teresa first takes us into a prison cell as she begins her story. Years of emptiness had flowed into a vow never to trust anyone again. It was a dark time, built upon years of loss and abuse. Teresa's father was murdered when she was seven. Her mother died when she was 15. She recalls having to raise herself, losing her childhood, and then missing out on seeing her own children grow up. It's now in this lonely prison cell that Teresa finds herself a very angry person. The only thing I could think of to do was to pray. I was so um, done, but I was so terrified to look at the things that were in my heart, the things that I um, escaped by using drugs and alcohol. God answered Teresa, despite her doubts and anger. It wasn't instantaneous, nor was it easy, but it was real and beautiful, and an answer that brought her to her knees. And I said, if you're God, and if you're real, then prove it to me or just take me out because I can't stand any more pain. While in prison, Teresa opened up a Bible and poured through it every day. She says, it was the most beautiful year of my existence, just reading the Bible in that cell. It was a glorious, sunny day, the day Teresa walked out of that cell. She soaked in that sunlight and her new freedom. But let's step back and let Teresa tell the story from the beginning. Lord, I just want to thank you for um, your timing and for your presence and for your spirit, Lord. And I just praise you, God, for 
everything you're doing and thank you for um, these stories, your mm -hmm. stories mm -hmm. that are reaching to India, Lord. Mm. I pray, God, that um, that they would, you would use it all, all of it for your glory to touch their lives, just like Lisa prayed, Lord. That they would be um, pierced in their hearts and souls, the truth, Jesus, just like you did for me when I was sitting in um, in that in that jail so long ago. Your word is powerful, powerful, Jesus. You said it doesn't return void. So we pray, God, that you use it for your glory, Lord. Prepare their hearts, draw them, open their minds, Father. Draw them for salvation, Lord. We ask in your name. May, may you get the glory, Jesus. Thank you for your life. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for everything you're doing, Jesus, for the world. Mm -hmm. We believe you, Jesus. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Anything else you need before we start? No. Okay. What do I do? <laughs> start wherever you like. You just go ahead and talk. Yeah. Okay. Again, feel free to pause. Feel free to stop. Tell the story like you're telling a friend sitting across it for coffee or something, you know. Okay. Um, my my life or or my story began in um, 2008 um, in a cell in a um, facility that I escaped from and. After years of living on the street as a prostitute and a drug addict, I was so um, done, but I was so terrified to look at the things that were in my heart, the things that I um, escaped by using drugs and alcohol but I was in a cell alone and there was nowhere to go, nowhere to run and nothing to distract me anymore. No books to read, nobody to talk to. I was in lockdown, so. The only thing I could think of to do was to pray. And even that I was um, doubtful but I was so scared to face myself that I um, I took a, um, a chance and I prayed. I said a prayer in anger. I was so angry. And I said, if you're God and if you're real, then prove it to me or just take me out because I can't stand any more pain. 
and I laid down and I started thinking about things that I haven't thought for of for years. My children that I lost to the state. And I started thinking about the last time I saw them and the things that we talked about and the things they asked me. And by by then my heart was so hard that I couldn't even cry. I, I, I couldn't even I never cried. I never cried. My heart was too hard. So I I, I thought about my children, my boys, my six boys, and my two daughters, and I just lay down and fell asleep. And um, I got released. I got released, and um, God answered my prayer. He answered my prayer by showing me pictures of my children that I hadn't seen in eight years. They just came out of nowhere. They were smiling. They were happy. All the things that um, he showed me while I was laying there that night was in, uh, in a picture in my hand. So I know he heard me. And I was so terrified. I was even more terrified of from um, um, when I didn't know he existed. And it was more, even more terrifying know, now to know that he heard me. So I know he heard me. And um, all my charges got, I had, I got released that time, but all my charges caught up on, with me. And so I had to do more time. And now this time, because he answered my prayer, I um, I took a Bible and into my room and I started reading it. Um, I didn't know how to read it, so I just open it and read whatever. And none of it made sense to me. So I said one night, I I said. How am I supposed to know what this stuff means? And here, and I opened it, and he took me to this verse, and it says, As for you, you don't need anyone to teach you, for as the anointing is real, and it it will teach you. It was, um, it said it wasn't counterfeit, but it was real. And that the anoint he would teach me. And I said, Okay. I take I take that. I accept that. And I just read it, read the Bible for a whole year. He gave me um Hebrews four twelve. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double edged sword able to divide soul from spirit and bone from marrow and knows the thoughts and intents of your heart. And I knew that was true because he knew that, um, he knew the biggest loss, my biggest wound in my heart was losing my children. I 
I missed out on them growing up. I missed out on being a mother. And he knew that. So I knew the Bible was real. I knew God was real. Jesus is real. He said, um, nothing in all creation is hidden from his sight to whom we must give an account. So I like that part because I never been accountable to nothing or nobody. I grew up without my parents. Um, My father's murdered when I was seven and my mom died when I was 15. I basically raised myself. So as an angry person, I didn't think I'd have to be accountable to anybody. But (laughs) God says in his word, he disciplines those he loves. And he knew that I never had the discipline. I didn't have the father or the mother to discipline me. So he did. He he sent me down in prison. And I'm, I'm, that's the best thing that's ever happened to me. He says he disciplines us as um, his children. Gotta stop. Mm -hmm. I'm not, um, I'm leaving, I'm not telling all of it because, I don't know, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It takes too long, I think. Mm -hmm. When I, um... When I said the prayer in the cell, I was so I was so afraid to think about the memories of my children, and um. But I said the prayer, so I went there into my memories, and I saw my son. He was seven years old last time I saw him. He had real long hair. It was curly, black with ringlets. And he used to ask me to um, cut his hair. And I'd say, no, cousin, because I liked his hair. And he'd, he'd leave me alone. And he'd come back again a couple months later and say, Mom, can I cut my hair? And I'd say, no, cousin. So he'd just leave. And I thought about that, and I said, I should have just cut his hair because he was probably getting teased at school, you know, because he, he was so beautiful, and his hair was so curly and long and black. 
he was getting teased because they said he looked like a girl. And I, I thought about that, and I said, how selfish. I, I kept it long because I wanted it long. I should have let him cut his hair. And then I thought about my four-year-old son, and he is so quiet. He, he, he's been an early head start since he was a newborn. And even the um, teachers there said they had never heard his voice and, and asked me if there was anything wrong. And I said, no, that's just the way he is. At home, he only talks when he wants to know something or when he's hungry. It's real, that's just his nature. And he had real long hair too, but straight, straight like mine. And I, um, he loved me. Too. He loved it when I fixed his hair. And then he'd sit beside me and let me fix it or braid it any way I wanted. And he never rushed or wanted to go. He just stayed there beside me. And um, when I was done fixing his hair. He'd turn around and he'd just stand there and look at me. And it was like he was looking into my soul. And he wouldn't move. He'd just stand there and look at me. And I was so empty inside that it scared me that he would see that. And so I'd have to get up and move because he wouldn't. I didn't want him to see that emptiness and that fear that I didn't know what to do for them. And that was, his name was Ihani, and he was four years old. And I thought about that, and I said, I pray that whoever has him lets him have keep his long hair because he liked his long hair. And then my baby was only 18 months old when I last saw him. I was still nursing him. And um, he had wild hair, but I said, I should have at least just combed his hair, his bangs down. And it's all right if the rest would have been wild. You know, at least he would have had some bangs. And when I, I thought that on that bed that night, and then I got up, I mean, I, I got out three months later. And it was that very day that I got out. I went to my sister's house, and that was very strange, too, because I hadn't seen my sister in, like, 10 years. And um, I, I walked in there. I hadn't seen my son in 10 years, my older son. And he came around the corner, and he just put this picture frame in my hand. And it was my oldest son who left cousin who was seven last time I saw him. Now, I don't know how old he was, but it's eight years later. And he had his hair cut, and he was smiling. And the second one was um, Ihani, and he still had his long hair, just like I thought, laying on that bed, and he was smiling. And my little 18-month-old was older now. His hair was still wild, and he had the bangs, and he was smiling, just like I thought on that bed, in that cell, that night. And I just, I just, uh, I was so terrified. I just, I didn't want that picture in my hand. But it was like I hadn't seen him all these years. And I couldn't drop it. It was like God saying, see, 
I know what you was thinking that night on that bed. That you said that prayer. I was so, so afraid. It was like my, I just, like reality just hit. Oh no. Oh no, he's real. He heard my thoughts. He knows what I said that night. Everything just became real. And so when I read Hebrews 4.12, I knew he was real. And when he told me that nobody would have to teach me, I knew he was real because the darkness that I came out of, I would never trust no human being. After the things I've been through, I, I hated human beings. I had no hope in human beings at all. I saw too much phoniness, too much hypocrisy. I saw religion, my own Native American culture. I saw it all. I was so done with humans. So when he told me that I didn't need nobody to teach me, I took that. I said, okay. I take this. I take you at your word. And I start reading that Bible. He's taught me everything I know. Everything I know. At the end of that year of reading the Bible, man, it was the most beautiful year of my whole life, of my whole existence. It was the most beautiful year of my whole life. I'm just sitting in that cell and reading it. At the end of the um, year, 365 days, I read the Bible. I got out. I got out and I had nowhere to go, but I was so free. I was so happy. I was so free. I got out on the most beautiful day. I didn't even know what to do, but I was okay. I had nowhere to go. I was still homeless. And I just sat outside the jail. I just enjoyed the freedom just to sit there, watch all the cars go by, and be so happy and free in my heart, in my soul. We leave Teresa sitting on the curb outside prison, enjoying her new freedom. She has just spent 365 days hearing from God. He distinctly answered her cries for help but there's still trouble on the horizon and God's rescue mission isn't over. Stay tuned for the next installment of Long Story Short Podcast. It's a, long, it's a scary story, but I believe that I was gonna get killed that night had it not been for God being there, aware of everything. 
Thanks again for listening to another installment of Long Story Short Podcast. We appreciate you, our listeners, for taking time to download, listen to, and tell us how you've seen God taking an active role in your own story. And thanks for checking out our website at longstoryshortpodcast.com. The website offers cloud tags to easily find episodes and related content, including blogs that highlight storytelling techniques. You can read more about us and find ways to contact us directly with questions and comments on your favorite episodes. We look forward to hearing from you. You'll also notice a big yellow donate button on the site. We invite you to help us improve the listener experience. All donations will improve our sound quality and will send the stories to larger audiences. It's not tax deductible, but it provides encouragement for us to continue curating content that you like. The easiest way to hear the show is to simply stream it directly from our website. Or, if you want to take us with you in your pocket or purse, you'll find subscribe links on the site. Subscriptions will add the show to your iTunes podcast player or your iPhone tablet. Android users will find subscription links to players like Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Or you can go old school and click the RSS feed or email follow buttons on the homepage. While you're on the site, you can take an active role in spreading the news of the show. Just follow those subscribe links and write a rating and review of our podcast. When you rate and leave a review, your feedback increases visibility to the show for everyone. You'll find us in Facebook at Long Story Short Podcasts and at Twitter at LS Short Podcast. Or you can find our Facebook and Twitter links under the follow us on the site. Our blog and social media channels offer additional curated storytelling content from around the world. You'll learn storytelling techniques and links to original content that will help you improve your own storytelling skills. The point of the podcast is to tell everyone about the things God does. So thank you in advance for liking, sharing, and tweeting links to the stories in your network. Thanks to Les Elias and the Sons of a V and Jeff Pecora of Good Day Gravity for their musical contributions. You can find links to their music in the show notes. Thanks. Bye-bye.